Leaders in Worship Podcast, Episode 37. Welcome back to the Leaders in Worship Podcast, the podcast to equip, connect, and develop leaders in worship ministry. We do this by equipping leaders with the right tools, connecting them with like-minded vision and people, and develop their ability to lead effectively. Welcome back, and thank you for joining us today on the Leaders in Worship podcast. Today, we are talking with Stephen Miller, author of Worship Leaders, We Are Not Rock Stars. And so it's good to have him on our show today. I want to let you know about an event that is happening in Orlando, Florida, March 21st through the 23rd. We have the Green Room Sessions. This is conversations about life and ministry off the stage. We'll have a great time of being able to connect as worship pastors, worship leaders, and talk about the things that are going on in life, how we can increase our capacity in life and in leadership. And so I hope that you will join me March 21st through the 23rd. Now, when you register, your spouse will be able to attend at no additional cost. And so this is limited to only 50 worship pastors. And we have worship pastors that are signing up, and we want you to be with us. And so your meals are included during the sessions. We have It starts on a Friday afternoon, and then we have dinner together on Friday evening. We have some great things planned on Friday evening. And then on Saturday, we'll hear from seasoned worship pastors that will talk about how we can succeed in life and in ministry. And so many times we get clouded by all the things that are going on. This is not a how-to on presentation and all of those things. This is where we have real-life, unfiltered conversations, and we challenge each other in ministry. And so we have a great list of sessions that we'll be covering. You can find out more just by going to greenroomsessions.org. You can sign up. You can register right there. And I encourage you to do that real soon. Get signed up so that you can be a part of this incredible time. Well, today we're talking with Stephen Miller. He is a worship pastor in St. Louis, Missouri, and has written a great book. I challenge you, pick up this book, not only for yourself, but consider picking this book up for your team. If you have a time where you do a study together, maybe it's on Sunday mornings or it's another night of the week, I encourage you to go through this book. It will be a blessing to you. So now let's go right to our conversation with Stephen Miller. Thanks for being with us on the show today. It's good to be on here. Thanks for having me. Before we get into talking about your book, can you give us a little background on your church and where where you are serving in ministry and what that looks like? Yeah, I'm at a church called The Journey in St. Louis, Missouri, and uh, we're, we've been around for about 11 years now, uh, six locations, and uh, it's just a really cool thing to be a part of serving here uh, in the city like St. Louis in the Midwest and, uh, and really... Uh, it's really it, I I love serving my pastor Darren Patrick, and and we're just having a blast, you know. Before you were there at the church in St. Louis, what were you involved in? You were doing some traveling as well. Is that correct? Yeah, absolutely. I, you know, I still do some itinerant ministry. Uh, previous to coming 
to the journey. I was doing probably 150 dates out on the road per year. Uh, I've you know pulled that back quite a bit. My my family's just continued to grow. Uh, I've got five kids now. Um, you wow. know we had. We had two two older girls, then we adopted two boys from Ethiopia, and then uh, we just had baby number five in October. And so, uh, you know, just seeing my family's needs as well as my church family's needs for me to be here, um, I try to be home quite a bit more than I, than I used to be, uh, which has been great for me. It's been great for my family. It's been great for my church. Um, but it's but it's also cool to see kind of the difference uh, between itinerant ministry and ministry that is grounded in the local church. You know, what have you found fulfilling or that you really enjoy about that segment of ministry? Yeah, I mean, the big difference is people not just knowing about you, but actually knowing you. Yeah, um, there there is a sense of joy and accountability that comes with that. That that um, makes me stronger as a worship leader and stronger as a pastor um that keeps me um that keeps my 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 feet on the ground you know down to earth as as it were uh and the way that I love my wife and the way that I love my kids because people actually know me you know right. um even when, you, when you're on the road you know it's 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 both very uh, encouraging and possibly uh, can inflate your ego quite a bit because you know you're going places. People are telling you how great you're doing all the time. They're buying your records, asking for your autograph, all that kind of thing, and uh, and you can start to believe your own press. And yeah, it can be hard to stay humble sometimes. And I'm not saying that's not possible, but um, it it can be hard to uh, to to not stay humble when you're grounded in a local church. You know what I mean? Exactly. Like, as people are really helping you to do that. You know, uh, my wife and I had, we've served on uh, staff and different churches for, you know, over 20 years. In between uh, when I was, my last church that I was involved in and on staff at, and when we came to Florida, I spent probably, you know, eight months that was traveling and was going out of town each week, coming back home. Uh, we have two kids, and one of the things that I missed most about that is just being involved in the lives of people in our church and in the local church and seeing the development that they've made spiritually. And so yeah. I think there's there's a, a balance. There's things that you love about traveling, but where my heart is, you know, it's seeing the life change that happens in people that yeah. you know it's hard to put hard to put a, a price tag or something on that of what yeah. that is yeah. and what it means. Yeah, you think about trying to parent your kids on an event by event basis. Like if I were to if I were to just like be home just for the birthdays and just for the holidays and just for kind of the high points, but I'm not there throughout the week and I'm not there in the hard times and things like that. Like you're really not able to effectively be a parent, right? And uh, in the same way with the church, uh, you know, as an itinerant, you, you know, you might see the same people once a year. Um, you know, or, or or depending on how often you can work with them, maybe a couple times a year, but you're not really able to shepherd them uh, in any kind of consequential way. And also, like, just from a purely um, uh, personal standpoint, you don't get the benefit of people knowing you and loving you. Right. Um, you know, knowing you, your kids and loving your kids and, uh, you know, things like that, having people over for dinner, uh 
when you're when you're on the road versus being home, like people know you and they love you for you. Yeah. And not just for what you can do for them. That's great. Now, when you did the book and leading up to the book, what was maybe the the one thing that kind of kind of stuck in your heart that led up to you writing this? Yeah. Um I wanted to, to to really put a resource out that kind of drew attention to some of the things that I saw that were a little bit wrong with the way that we've been doing corporate worship uh, without like throwing stones. I really wanted something that would encourage particularly young worship leaders, bivocational worship leaders, uh, because those are the guys that I'm kind of spending time with. And, and so um, really when I started leading worship, there were only – there just wasn't this vast kind of sea of styles of worship leading and stuff. It was kind of choir, orchestra, hand wavy guy, you know, choir director <laughs> kind of deal. And uh, and so then, um, right as I really started leading worship, that's when Passion came out, and then Hillsong kind of came out, and and all of that. And so it opened up this whole new world where people sort of abandoned. Um, pastoral ministry for the sake of doing cool music and mm. um and, and and really even just this kind of created this celebrity worship leader that um now all of a sudden like all these young guys want to be worship leaders because they want to have the celebrity of it and they're not developing themselves as pastors to actually care for people so wow. whenever we were itinerant when i was an itinerant worship leader i'd go to all these places and people would just be um you know surprised that i wasn't trying to uh you know that i wasn't that that artist guy that was really demanding and angry and and kind of pretentious you know and they're like man you don't really strike me as like the rock star worship leader type and and i'm like well i mean worship leaders shouldn't strike you that way you know yeah it just seemed like everywhere i would go uh people would tell me that and i'm like man is this really just that big of a problem uh it needs to be addressed you know we need a better foundational understanding of who we are in Christ as our as our identity, but also what is the actual functional role of a worship leader. And so the book really uh, is really lined out that way. Um, in the first few chapters, we just talk about what's our foundational identity in Christ. We are worshipers first and foremost before we're worship leaders. We're we're redeemed and adopted children of God. That's way better than being uh, a famous worship leader. You know. Yeah. We're regular, ordinary Christians. We're not somehow above everyone else because we do this thing. We're, we're just supposed to be normal believers who follow Christ and and uh, read our Bibles and pray and spend time in community with people. So those are kind of like our foundational identities. And then, you know, and then just the functional role. Like a lot of worship leaders were thinking as long as they ha- were, were really good musicians that, you know, at, at some point it just kind of became, if you can play guitar and sing pretty well, then you're the worship leader of the church. And, yeah. and so there needs to be a higher standard for that. And so I didn't want to tear people down. I just wanted to build them up and encourage them to pursue uh, kind of this Christ-focused, gospel-saturated ministry of leading worship. Yeah, and we had just recently um, – couple weeks ago, we had a vision and training day for our team. We normally have it, um, you know, at the beginning part of the year. And so we'll have um, on an all-day Saturday and 
serve lunch for the team. Uh, but just talk about some some practical things of of where we're headed, but also you know this is who we are and this is what we're about and and yeah. really instilling you know what our core principles are as a worship ministry and. I shared a couple of the things from your book about that need for private worship. Mm. We can't expect to have this awesome public ministry when we're not even spending time yeah. as a worshiper of Christ, yeah. you know, and and getting that confused and how vital it is that yes, it might look good, it might sound good, but is there any substance to what we're doing as worship leaders? So, so that was great. And I think one of the quotes um, that I picked up, there are several things that I highlighted. One of the things that you had said, the problem is that for many, the tools of worship have become a substitute for actual worship of Christ. And we have a lot of focus on tools, how we do certain things, how we um, add technology into our worship. And those are great things, but they can't be the only thing. Uh, do you share these principles about the need for the private worship life um, for your worship team? Yeah, absolutely. You know, we, we, we meet every Tuesday night for rehearsal time, and, um, and we'll, we'll gather to pray together. And, and I just really challenge our guys uh, week in, week out, you know, spend time uh, in prayer and in worship. I'm also blessed that a, a good chunk of my team is in my community group with me. And so we're spending time pursuing God together in the Word and and all of that, and just you know knowing each other. Um, I'm able to kind of know when people are hurting, and they know me well enough that that they can see you know whenever maybe I'm getting off course, and we're able to encourage one another and spur one another on to say, hey, look, you know this is not about. Uh, you, you know, our life, we only get one life to live and let's make it count and let's worship Jesus with that. And then just kind of every Sunday morning, whenever we gather to, to, to sound check and rehearse again, um, we just take a moment and stop and just say, you know, I know we do this every single week, uh, but this is not rote. This is not routine. We're right. not here because we do it every single week. We're here because God is worthy. And so uh, let's just take a moment and we'll spend some time praying there and just repenting of sin and, and, uh, and confessing that and, and, and just being reminded of God's faithfulness and understanding we're here to meet with God, not to put on a show, not to, uh, not to be awesome musicians that people think well of, but right. to actually ourselves be meeting with God in worship. You know? Yeah. And I think that going back to what we talked about earlier, that time of being with um, and pastoring your team and being a part of that local church, that um, you begin to know one another, you develop an accountability and an investment in each other and can do life together. And so to me, that's one of the most rewarding things about local church ministry is being able to go through life and have people that you know also have your back. Absolutely, yeah. Just saw something, um, I believe today, that there was an article that you had written, and the title of this article was Your Meaningless Ministry. And I'm going to link to this. <laughs> uh, I'm going to link to this in the show notes. But um, I love that title. What is, uh, what is the background on this, uh, this article, Your Meaningless Ministry? 
Yeah, the idea behind that was something I've been wrestling with and kind of probably all always will wrestle with uh, is just what is the measure of our, our ministry? What's the measure of our worth? Uh, where are we looking for our validation um, in ministry? And 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 just the idea of uh, you know it's 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 it can be really easy for us to get so caught up in what we're doing um, that a pastor is only as good as his most recent sermon. Mm. Um, a pastor is only as valuable as how big his church is, uh, how many people across how many services across how many campuses, how many people are watching the YouTube video and listening to the podcast. Um, you yeah. know, for, for a worship leader, th- the same thing applies. Like when you release a record and you're watching the charts to see how it does on iTunes or how many people in your church tell you that they're loving it, you know, just all these kind of measures that we try to quantify the fruit of our labor. And we realize that, you know, as much as we would say, we care about numbers because numbers represent people and God cares about people. Like the truth is that our, our, our motives are often alloyed. Right. And um, and 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 our and those alloyed motives are exposed uh, with our disappointment whenever um, whenever we come up short. The truth of the matter is, most pastors, most worship leaders, are not going to have the kind of mega 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 church pastor, you know, New York Times best-selling book, uh, Grammy award-winning, pack out fifty-two arena, you know in 12 countries kind of success, right? Right. And so we tend to compare ourselves into this pit of despair. Um, and that is not the way to love and serve God's people. Um, if we're looking to God's people to give us the validation that we, that our hearts desperately long for, that God mm-hmm. created us to long for, um, th- then we're never going to be able to serve them. Like Jesus came and he, and, and when Jesus came, he wasn't looking for people to validate him or give him worth. He was the son of God and he knew it. He was the very definition of filled to overflowing. And from that overflow, he was able to love people and serve people. And he came to serve, not be served. And so, um, but, we as, but we as pastors, we just keep trying to shovel uh, man's approval and man's applause and accolades and attaboys into this void, this God-shaped void, um, hoping that it'll do the trick and it never will. And so the idea was that I just, I I, I just, I can't get past how often even in my own heart, I want to measure the fruit of my, my ministry with worldly measure. Mm -hmm. Um, and, and how, uh, that just is never helpful. And, uh, and so what does success look like? What does a meaningful ministry look like that has uh, everlasting kind of fruit? And, and that's that I just love people well and I'm faithful. And so really, I, I guess the tagline kind of uh, could be uh, work hard, be faithful, and trust God with the results. Um, he's way smarter than we will ever be. And uh, if, if, if we're faithful and we work hard, um, that I'm confident that at the end of the that at the end of the day, at the end of this life, our master will tell us, "Well done, good and faithful servant." Um, and those, that that that's a better reward yeah. than than anything we could achieve here on earth. 
That's awesome. I love that. Work hard, be faithful, and trust God with the results. Mm-hmm. That um, That's amazing. And I think that's all that if we look to social media or we look to other things to kind of validate us or um, put our self-worth, man, you're setting yourself up anytime yeah. you try and do that. I recently did um, an interview was on um, Wisdom Moon's uh, All About Worship podcast. And yeah. uh, and one of the things that he was mentioning is sometimes when you share uh, about a local church or if it's um, the size of a church or if it has multiple campuses, that sometimes people will just tune it out and say, well, you know, I'm not there and so I'm not even going to listen or they'll just, you know, shut it off. Sure. And what would you say to the worship leader, uh, the bivocational worship leader, the volunteer that he did get the job because he was there and available, or she was at the place of saying, you know, pastor, I'll do whatever you need. And so the pastor said, okay, great. You're the worship, you're the worship leader. And so they find themselves in that position, maybe feeling overwhelmed, under-equipped, and just feeling like, man, how do I measure up? How do I do this? What would you share to them? Yeah, I think, honestly, statistically speaking, that's the majority of the world. Yeah. Um, you know, most worship leaders are bivocational uh, or they're, you know, or they're young and they're in their first ministry position and they're all, they're all asking those questions. Uh, I was that guy at one yeah. point. And so um, I would say, you know, number one, um, be you, uh, be who God made you to be, where God put you right now. And, mm-hmm. and, 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 that, and, and I say that to mean like God already has a Chris Tomlin. God already has a Matt Redman. Yeah. Whoever else, you know, like uh, the, the world doesn't need another one. Um, right. And so God, God created you to be you. And he puts you where you are for a reason. And so, number one, don't compare yourself with other people uh, or, or other people's ministries. Um, just fight to be satisfied uh, in, in Christ and to be faithful in the small things. Um, that, that would be number one. Number two, uh, never stop bettering yourself. Never stop growing. Uh, read a lot of books uh, on worship on theology on leadership um you know work hard like really work hard to improve uh at what you do you want to be able to say at the end of the day that you that you left it all you know at the finish line you know there yeah. was that there was nothing that you that you held back um you know whenever that whenever the master returns you worked hard to bring a return on on the investment he made in you um and so uh, work hard, practice, learn theology, uh, you know, love theology more than you love theory, but also, you know, love theory, love music. Yeah. Theory. Um, that's a big one. And then, and then just have a coach or multiple coaches, have people who can help you improve, who can call out maybe your blind spots, mm. um, and tell you, you know, Hey, you can improve here and here and here, and this is where you're doing this well. And here's how you can do what you're doing well already better and things like that. I've got multiple guys like that in my life and always have who have spoken into, 
my ministry from from day one, um, who 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 know me and who can call me out whenever I'm getting ahead of myself or whenever I'm not dreaming big enough. You know, that's great. Um, and I would just say everyone needs that. That's really really good advice. And if you are listening today on this episode, I I just want to challenge you that. Each of these things, of uh, these points that Stephen has laid out, take these to heart. Find someone, maybe it's someone in your city, that, um, or if it's someone else that you can just share with and be open and be vulnerable. One of the things that I've found is people are open to helping if you just ask. And if you show um, appreciation, if it's someone that you respect for their ministry, send them an email, give them a call, and just say, hey, I've I've kind of watched your ministry from a distance, but I just wanted to say thanks, and would I be able to um, call or email from time to time just to get some advice on ministry? People are more open to helping than what we even think, and so I think it's just taking that step, being vulnerable, and doing just what Stephen has laid out, find mentors, find coaches, um, love theology. These are, these are great words of advice, and, um, and thanks so much for sharing that, Stephen. Now, you also did, going along with this book, you also did a project that they can, and where can they find this project, All Hail the King? Yeah, if they buy the book, Worship Leaders, We're Not Rock Stars, I think it's like the third or, you know, at some point early on in the book, there is a page that has a link to a free download of the album. Um, We just wanted to say, hey, you know, we want to resource you not just with some principles, but also with some songs. And, um, you know, there's a couple of hymns in there that we reworked. There uh, are a few uh, originals, and and so we just thought, you know, let's let's give people um, a few songs that hopefully would be a blessing to them personally, and potentially even a blessing to their church. So if you get the book, it's in there. If not, uh, if you don't get the book and you just want the music, you can get it on iTunes, on Amazon, uh, on Rhapsody, and uh, Google Play. You know, all, it, it's everywhere online. That's great. Stephen, could you share with us how our listeners can get in touch with you or be able to stay connected with you, website, social media? Absolutely. Um, you know, my, my parents named me Stephen after the first martyr. So <laughs> my name is spelled S-T-E-P-H-E-N, not with a V. Uh, and they wanted to make sure that people knew that. And so um, they couldn't call me Steve. Uh, if <laughs> many people understand there is a Steve Miller band already from, you know, classic rock era. And so uh, I have to say that as, as a bit of a, because <laughs> so that, I'm about to give a few addresses. And so if you put in <laughs> S-T-E-V-E-N, it's probably going to take you to the wrong place. So uh, my website, and I write there fairly regularly, uh, is steven-miller.com. Um, I, I love Twitter. I just love, I mean, I'm a fast-paced guy. Uh, I love the 140-character limit uh, because I can, you know, process a lot of information in a short period of time. So that's probably the best way to get me is Twitter. Uh, it's, you know, just twitter.com slash Uh Same with Instagram, instagram.com slash Miller. 
And then Facebook is Stephen Miller Music. So great. Because apparently there's a lot of Stephen Millers out there. So. <laughs> well, that's awesome. Hey, thank you so much for being with us and uh, taking the time to share with our listeners. And I appreciate what you are doing and the message that you are sharing that this is not about us. This is about us being worshipers of Christ and followers of Him first before we uh, do anything else. And so I just want to say thanks for your ministry and the resources and tools that you are giving to worship pastors. Absolutely. It's my pleasure, man. Thanks for having me on. Well, I want to thank Stephen for being with us and sharing about his book, Worship Leaders, We Are Not Rock Stars. I encourage you to pick up a copy of this book. Maybe pick up a copy for each of your team members. You can purchase copies by going to stephen-miller.com and his website. We also have links in the show notes. We have an affiliate link that uh, is through Amazon. And so I encourage you to pick up a copy. Also connect with Stephen. He shared three things that I found great advice. Work hard, be faithful, and trust God with the results. Things start to go sideways when we are comparing ourselves with others or we compare the fruit of our ministry based on the world's standards. Uh, That was great advice, and I challenge you to do that. In your ministry, work hard, be faithful, and trust God with the results. Do what you need to do, and then let God take care of the rest. Well, I want to thank you for listening again. I also want to encourage you, check out greenroomsessions.org. We would love to have you with us at the Green Room Sessions in Orlando, Florida, March 21st through the 23rd. And it is going to be an incredible time. It's limited to 50 worship pastors. Now, when you register, your spouse can attend at no additional cost. Their meals would be included as well. And so I encourage you, this is a great time to get away from the normal day-to-day pace of ministry and begin to just connect and share with others that are going through similar experiences, but also how we can increase our capacity in life and in leadership. It's going to be a great weekend, so I hope that you will sign up today, greenroomsessions.org, March 21st through the 23rd. Well, thanks again for joining us on the Leaders in Worship podcast. You can go to our website, leadersinworship.com. You can find links to the things that we talked about today, but also you can hit to share this by social media, share this podcast, share about the website and the resources that we offer to help worship pastors. We want to equip, connect, and develop Leaders in Worship ministry. So would you go to leadersinworship.com, consider sharing that on Facebook or tweet something out to your friends and those you are connected with in ministry and spread the word about the Leaders in Worship podcast. Hey, until next time, we hope that you have an incredible week of ministry. God bless. 